This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That's right. It is Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer coming your way till 3 o'clock today. And Elliot, for the first time all season, really the only time this season, we get to come to people a day after a game or two days after a game, whatever you want to call it. We got an Eagles win the other night. And for the only second time all year, we got a victory to talk about. It's true. So it's definitely true. day of first. No, I feel good today. I got up, got my uh, got my run in. I know. Look at Providence you, big time park yeah. in the park run park guy. in the park, got my 5K in. So I'm pumped to talk about this Eagles team, which is amazing to say for a 2-4-1 and one team. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, we never get the chance to come pretty much right after a game, just one day after. So definitely want to hear what the people thought about that performance because it certainly uh, – Certainly is a tough one to figure out what to take from. I yeah, would say. conflicting. You know, one conflicting. of those. How am I supposed to feel about this team? I will say I did not run a 5K this morning. Come on, man. As as with every morning, <laughs> I did not run a 5K, but impressive that you did. Uh, look, let's dive in. As it was weird yesterday, I'll be honest. Uh, doing the midday show, I came in personally feeling. If nothing else, excited that— Well, you felt good on the post I did. Pod. I was yeah. excited the Eagles won a game where, you know, it felt like they were going to lose. You and I, basically, the whole theme of our post game was, wow, I can't believe they actually won that game. Yeah. It was exciting. It was thrilling. I know they're a bad team, but, uh, you know, it was fun to watch. What were your biggest takeaways from the game? Carson Wentz got the job done when he needed to. I think that's really— maybe the only positive to take from the game in a lot of ways, but it was weird being down at, at, at the link. And it is nice having fans back there. I will say it, it adds to the, uh, to the atmosphere, but how quickly that comeback both started and was finished. I mean, that whole game, when they, when the giants went up 21 to 10, I was like, this is over. Like this is completely, Same. I mean, there was no life in the team. Uh, even the fans that were there, you could tell they were, uh, you know, starting to check out a little Carson brought him back. And I, I get that the giants aren't the best opponent in the world, but you know, to have two touchdown drives in the final whatever it was, six minutes, is, is incredibly impressive after how poor he was playing. 
Um, and I think it just shows a lot about him. We've come in these past two weeks where he's played poorly, but you could never question his toughness. And I think that Thursday night was the first time all season where it was a real combination of like toughness, making throws that uh, he should make, but then also winning. Like that was one thing these past few weeks where you heard, you know, Carson's doing so much with so little and, you know, he really should be credited. Well, they weren't winning. So I couldn't really give him that much credit for almost losing with what, what, what was around him. On Thursday night, he got the job done. And I, that was my biggest takeaway. I just, I, I watched that game and thought if a game ends with the arrow pointing up on Carson Wentz, that is a good game for the Eagles. And he came back. It's a game he'll remember. Last year against the Giants, he led them back, and they won in overtime, and they ended up using that momentum to make the playoffs. They have two divisional games coming up, so I get why why it wasn't a positive game for a lot of it, but they won, and they made the game the plays where they needed to at the end, and it was Carson that made the plays. Yeah, that that's kind of my feeling too. I thought I thought Carson was a warrior out there. I mean, again, you know, you he can, takes a lot of hits. He man. takes a lot of hits, and. And keeps getting back up, man, yeah. and keeps fighting. And and is, again, no matter how hard the hit is, whatever, he's willing to throw his body right back in there the next play. And, yes, he holds on to the ball too long. We all know it. And that leads to some hits. And that, that interception was just a, a horrendous decision as far as I'm concerned. But, look, Carson Wentz is never going to be the most accurate, perfect passer. Like, that's, that's just not who this guy is. We've got to accept that this guy has great qualities. They're just maybe not the qualities that certain people want to see from them. Throwing the ball isn't one. No, man. Look, <laughs> he is a warrior. Like, that guy is going to give you everything he has every game, and I don't think you can say that about every quarterback out there. So, I, I was really impressed with the performance. I think ultimately, though, like, on a basic level. I was going to say, so what happened yesterday? Because you feel, it seems like you feel That's where I'm going. It's, yeah. Again, is that I, look, I, I feel good, but I, I know they're a bad team. I'm okay with the fact they're a bad team, and I'm still happy that they were able to win a game. It seemed like yesterday the vast majority of callers were just incredibly negative mm-hmm. about the team coming off the win, and, and it surprised me. So they probably are a bad team. We saw that on Thursday night for the majority of the game. They did not look good. In theory, you shouldn't have to have a comeback, an 11-point comeback in the final moments to beat the Giants. The Giants have been one of the worst teams in the league over the last you know, few years and are going to be again this year. So, yeah, maybe the Eagles aren't a great team. But the more I think about that win and what it means moving forward, I don't think it matters they're a bad team. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to sit here and say, oh, they're bad, so that, that you know the, the season's lost, who cares if they win, who cares if they make the division. I don't care they're a bad team. They don't have to be a good team right now. They're playing bad teams. They just beat a bad team. They're playing another one next week when they play the Dallas Cowboys. They're not a good team. Then they play another bad team when they play the Giants. So there are opportunities there to beat up on teams that you should beat. And ultimately, as long as they're in the playoffs, that's it. That's all that matters to me. If they get in, then they just have to play good that one Sunday. And this team has shown, despite being inconsistent, that they can play at a high level. I mean, they almost beat the Ravens. They didn't get the job done, but that the Ravens are one of the better teams in the league. They put up 29 points on the Steelers. I can't sit here and say if they make the playoffs, they'll be one and done. I think they could win a playoff game at home. I was there last year oh, when they last year when they played Seattle. I was at the pregame show prior to the game. Everyone thought the Eagles were going to win that game. Yeah, they were hot. They I were did. at the link. Yeah, Seattle's very good, but you know you still have to come to Philadelphia. And Carson got hurt, so things change. But I don't care they're bad because they don't have to be good right now. It doesn't matter how they're playing right now. All that's going to matter is do they get enough wins to get in the playoffs and do they play well enough in that playoff game? And when you look at this season and how it's setting up, 
things changed when they won that Giants game. Had they lost, then you say, okay, maybe they really won't get enough wins. But Carson stepped up. They got the win. They now have two wins. I think they're going to have four wins by the time these next two games are over. Three in a row? Yeah. Wow. So if this team can win seven games, they're probably a playoff team. And once you're in, that's really all that matters. So I understand the negativity. I understand all that. But I don't care that they're a bad team right now because they don't have to be a good one right now. I mean, yes and no. Like, I'm with you. Look, in theory, all they need to do is win these next two games and then kind of build and move forward. But, like, ultimately, they're a bad football team, like a flat-out bad football team pretty much across the board from a roster perspective, certainly when you factor in the injuries. I mean, they're a bad football team. They barely beat the Giants. And, again, while I was thrilled by the way it happened and I loved watching Carson get a much-needed win and, you know, show how clutch he can be and all that type of stuff, I mean, I didn't – I didn't come out of that deluding myself into thinking that this team has some sort of a real chance to, yeah, but things to make change, magic happen. Things I, look, you know, that's my my rallying cry. Right. Week to week league. I, I, I do agree that. But like, all right, so how could how could things change to the point where come playoff time, this is a, a team that you feel like could go in and, and have a great game and win a game like like we're talking about the worst competition in the league. You think that that when we saw, they're facing a legit team in the playoffs, we saw exactly how things can change. We saw it on Thursday night when Carson is playing well. This is a good team because when you have a good quarterback, you're a good team. Flat out, I get that this roster has some problems, but the defense only gave up 21 points. They forced three turnovers. The defense had rough back-to-back games for sure against you know Baltimore, and then you know 21 points against the Giants. I think I think is a good job, but. Ultimately, if Carson is playing at a high level, they are a good team. I still think Doug is a very good head coach. I know there's skepticism about him out there. Some of those decisions he made against the Giants were not great. But he brought them out in tempo, got the offense going. And ultimately, if Carson's not playing well, there's not much he can do. So I think if Carson can turn it around and the arrow is pointing up, it might be pointing up from dead last, but it's still pointing (laughs) up. He is playing better week after week. This team can be – they can win a playoff game if they're at home. They can. So – I can't sit here and say the season's over. I can't sit here and say I want them to lose. It just doesn't matter to me that they're a bad team now because the problems that we all see with this roster will be fixed once Carson improves. A quarterback masks a lot of things. If Carson's playing better, the receivers don't matter as much. If Carson does a better job in the pocket, the offensive line is fine. If Carson you know, runs the plays at correctly, then Doug's a better head coach. Like The quarterback matters a lot. That's why you pay him so much money. So this idea that even with the great Carson, they're still incredibly flawed, that's not true. Once Carson starts to play better, the roster around him will look better. The moves Howie's making will look better. So if you still have belief in Carson, and I think a lot of people out there still do, then it doesn't matter what's happening right now. You just have to get to the playoffs and see what happens after that. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. I get your point. I'm a big believer in the idea that great quarterbacks raise everyone around them, and I think we're seeing that with Carson. Again, I, it's like, not even debatable. The roster that he went out there with on Thursday night, considering the injuries, I mean, is is about as bad a roster around a quarterback as we've seen an Eagles quarterback have in a while here. You know, I mean, that's that's a bad roster. When you consider no offensive line, no protection, right. you know, and look, I think Travis Fulgham's a legitimate NFL player. I'm really excited about that guy. But for the most part, Richard Rodgers and right. Boston Injury, Scott. Injuries played all, a part yeah, that, that, agree. I'm not, this is not all on Howie. You know how I feel about Howie. We'll get to all that and stuff. But just from it, from a roster construction plus all the injuries perspective, I mean, he went out with a mass unit and he found mm-hmm. a way to win a game against a 
bad football team. That's my concern. I think that there is only so much that Carson can do, and I think we saw him do a lot of that, but at a certain point, you need some help around you. You need someone to be able to make plays for you, and I know, again, Travis Fulgham. I, I, it's hard to say everyone stinks when Travis Fulgham's out there because I have been so impressed with him. I do think he's a mm-hmm. legitimate NFL wide receiver, but it's hard to look at that offensive line, to look at the beating Carson's taking. I mean, I'm concerned Carson might not even survive till the playoffs. Yeah, that, that's a possibility. But I also think we have to be open to changing our minds. And I think that the beginning of the season was so bad and so ugly that it cemented a lot of people's opinion. And I don't know if you're completely there with Howie, but I know you've been one of Howie's biggest critics. And you were at a point where you're basically like, look, Howie has to go, right? And I think that we've had people call in and say, we want this team to lose because – Doug isn't the answer, or Howie's not doing a good job. And if they win, then maybe you don't get rid of Howie. But you have to be willing to change your mind. And the first three weeks of the season are gone. The last four weeks, they've looked like a much better team. They, they, beat, the, they beat the Niners. They almost beat the Steelers. They were competitive against the Ravens, and they beat the Giants. I mean, if I would have told you going into those four games, they would go 2-2 two and two and be competitive in every single one after the first you three. You take it. You would have taken it. it. And yeah. I think also, and look, it's – been ugly at times I'm not disputing that the game on Thursday night was tough to watch for parts of it but they won and the whole game does matter what happened in that fourth quarter matters just as much if not more than what happened in the first quarter so you have to be willing to change your mind and I think that there was such negativity to how this season started and rightfully so that some people are cemented in but if you take a step back this team has been competitive if, if Carson plays good and you have a good quarterback that masks other problems and the NFC East is Right there for the taking. <laughs> I mean, awful. it's even worse than last time we did this show last Saturday because we saw the Cowboys get absolutely annihilated on Monday night. So the division is right there. They are going to be a playoff team more than likely, right? Like seventy percent. I mean, unless Six, Carson, I think it's sixty-one percent is the current whatever. Right. So. But- they're going to be a postseason team, and if they get there and they win a game, then things look a lot different, and that's just where I'm at with it. Like, yeah, they're bad, but I can't get too worked up about it. It doesn't matter to me that they're a bad team 215 This is kind of funny because this is, like, very much what I always say. You know, I am, yeah. especially in the first month of the season, that's why I was not, I said to you a hundred times, like, I'm not going to overreact. I'm not going to end Doug's career. I'm not going to end Carson's career off the first month of a season, coming off the preseason. So it is hard for me to... Like be on the other side of this now. It's your. I. I think you're well, making and the, re- and really strong points. And that's the other part of it is, I think Doug especially has earned the right to get the benefit of the doubt. He's been in the playoffs the first, you know, the last three years. Obviously, won a Super Bowl a second year. So I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt. Howie has as well, maybe not as much as Doug, but I think he's earned it now. You know I'm not a big Carson guy. So I I think Carson has not earned the benefit of the doubt. He has to prove that he can go and do it. But these are still three guys that have shown they can win at the NFL level. So, you know, the first three games were bad. But you have to look past that and look at what this team is now and look at what they could be. And the schedule is tough, which is really the kind of the hardest part. I think that's one of those things that kind of when people – like in the back of their minds. Yeah, it's the schedule there, is tough. You know? But if you just look at the team itself, the defense has played well last week. Carson's improving. And it doesn't matter to me that they don't have these receivers because Carson plays better with them. 215-592-9494. I will say, look, I thought, and and check out our post-game pod at Go Birds Pod, iTunes, Spotify, all that type of stuff, wherever you find your podcast, Go Birds Pod. Um, I, I actually was very critical of Doug after yeah. the Giants game. If they had lost, I would have put that game more on Doug than on any other individual person. The roster is a you know separate discussion. I put everything on Howie yes. from a macro sense. But that particular game, I thought I thought Doug had a rough game. And I said it to you in the postgame pod, the short yardage stuff. I mean, 
really disappointed with the short yardage play calling and just his game management, the challenge flag thing. I thought he had a lot of issues, but I will say, and to your point, and looking at the history of Doug Peterson, like, man, this is a football team that particularly after the first three weeks of the season, after the tie, him punting at the end, giving, you know, not going for it, all that type of stuff, like, it's a very easy situation to see where a team could have quit on a guy, where yeah. a team could have quit on it, not just give up on the whole season, but just like maybe not fight the same way you would expect them to fight. This team has battled, man, every single week, whether it was the Steelers, whether it was the Ravens, whether it was the Giants. In fact, in all three of those games, they're behind double-digit points late in the game. Mm-hmm. Like, And they found a way to fight back, and granted, they only won the one of those, but I do think that Doug Peterson – has to get credit for that. As bad as I thought he was strategically from a play-calling perspective and decision-making perspective in that game, the fact that his guys not only never give up week to week, but never give up on a game, man. Like, well, that thought, is impressive. That's something that, that you have to acknowledge. I'm not a big, you know, we wanted it more than that team type of guy. I think when players say that, it's easy just to be player speak. I don't know how much it really means. But I thought John Ritchie made a really good point talking about the difference when you just watch the Giants and the Eagles. The Eagles did play harder than the Giants, right? I mean, they you could see the difference no on the sideline. question. Right? Especially once they got things going. So, But my defense of Doug, and I've heard him be criticized quite a bit on this station, everyone wants him to be imaginative. That's hard to do when you're shuffling guys in and out every Total, single week. I get it. So it's just, you know, but, they play but hard. But Carson, too. I do think that, that that's not, you know, where Well, but the Carson's reps, accuracy but is not But the reps impacted. you have with these guys, like the way they're running routes, where they're going to be, all this stuff, and then also the offensive line breaking down all the time. It's like mm-hmm. you almost feel like you have no time ever to get rid of the ball. Like, I can understand how those things are going to mess with things like accuracy. Yeah, that, that, that's fair. I, I think Carson... There's less of an excuse there than there is for Doug. 215-592-9494. Let's start it out like we always do in Abington with our good buddy Tom. You have Tom. Yeah, James Seltzer, producer extraordinaire, but so much more. How you doing today, brother? <laughs> I'm good, man. How are you, Tommy? Good. <sighs> what up, man? <laughs> what up? Come on. They won on Thursday night. I know you, know you got to be feeling good. My man's the positive good. one today. I'm, 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 I'm here not talking here. playoffs, playoff victories. Bo- borderline defending well, the Broncos. I, I, listen, I agree and disagree with Elliot today, but, man, two times took you out to the woodshed this oh, week. I, I disagree with oh, that. Man. I disagree. I, I actually think I won that debate pretty, pretty convincingly. You think you win every debate? Yeah, that now, that's, that's fair. He's I right will say that. Twitter felt Ike Grease won that debate, but Which you know is probably that gonna was... happen no matter what. He's got the Ike bump, you yeah. know, like it's just being like right, you're gonna so win a little bit. I got an early prediction for you guys for the cockroaches, um, but I'm gonna rant in here. So let me start off by saying. Like, you know, the conversation for the past few weeks over the whip has been, you know, who's more responsible for, for what we're seeing, how we mm-hmm. of Carson, right? So originally, uh, not originally, like you've been beating up on Howie, James, and I, I agree with that. Like, you know, I think it's totally warranted, but then ESP points out this week, you know, we're starting to see progress, like the young receivers, my lot of development, he found Fulgham. So you got to give credit Sweat. for that. No, I agree. Look, I'm not, I will give credit where due. I mean, Fulgham, my like Herbig. I mean, there there has been a lot of later round or, um, you know, off the scrapping so type moves that are working. Like how he's showing signs, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of these things are working out. And then you out. hear about the Jake Elliott contract and you're like, whoops, well, you know? Okay. But yes, go ahead. But then, but then you look at Carson and Carson – 
listen, it's like night and day from the beginning of the season to now. He's the most improved, and he will continue to do so. If you don't see that, I don't know what you're looking at. Moving right along to Dougie P. This is the guy who I've been beating up, so here comes my rant. All right. So, with Doug, he, you guys know he penned a book called Fearless? Well, I got a sequel for him. He could call it Tentative, because oh. that's what he is. He's tentative, he's unimaginative, and most dangerously, he's very predictable. There's no creativity, especially, as James just pointed out, short yardage, goal line, red zone, all things they excelled at in 17. Thank you, Frank Reich. Okay. Um, yeah, but, but hold on. He's, really, really, he's really continually okay, go going down. The other two guys, you could point out improvement. Yeah, but here's my thing. And I thought on Thursday night the difference between Doug's bad performance on Thursday versus the rest of the games is there's a lot of games where you can point and say he wasn't imaginative, didn't roll Carson out. I thought on Thursday it was more individual calls, like the Hakeem Butler call, the third and one call, both the two-point conversions. But again, like, what do you want Doug to do when every week, I mean, he didn't know if Deshaun's playing. Then Deshaun plays, but then Deshaun's out. Like, Lane's, yeah, Lane's going to play, then he leaves. Return and... a punt and gets him hurt, and I hold him responsible oh, for that. I don't There's blame no him for that. Why. I don't blame I mean, him. I mean, that was a late hit. And and, but also, why? they've done that with Deshaun for years. Like, where if I it's know, a big but situation. I know, but, but look, it's a big situation in the game. I'm sure Deshaun wanted to return the punt. He hasn't been out there that much this season. You know, he's healthy enough to play. I'm not going to kill him for that. Kill the guy who came right. in for the late hit. Like, that's well, not Doug's fault. But really quick, Tom, really, really quick, Tom, to your point, though, like they did put up 28 points against the Ravens. They put up 29 points against the Steelers. They put up in spite of Doug. No, I disagree. I, well, it can't be <laughs> in spite of Doug, but because of Carson. Like they're very much attached to that. I know. Game. You take the opposite. Like, like you make the excuses for Doug, and in your eyes, I make the excuses for Carson, but they're the same. Well, at least we're honest with each other. <laughs> okay. I guess that's fair as well. So how you feeling about uh, we, the Cowboys game, I guess? You said you got an early okay, prediction. Okay, so, yeah, early prediction. I got the good guys 45, the cockroaches 33, and a mm. Jake Elliott get-right game. Oh, I love it. You've been on your game with the kicking stuff this year, Tommy. So. <laughs> I have a good one, A pleasure, my friend. A pleasure. Man, a, a Jake... Jake Elliott get right game really sums up how 2020 yeah, is going. Well, right. it's sad that we really need a Jake yeah. Elliott right, get, get right game. He's not going anywhere. No, so. well, that's the problem. Well, more on that, yeah, actually. T- for Team those, Elliott, though. For those, well, obviously. I mean, Always. come on, even though he spells it weird. He does. Uh, coming up next, though, because I, I don't know if a lot of people know that. I saw a lot of people, whether Twitter, calls, whatever, talking about getting rid of Jake Elliott. Is it time to bring in a new kicker? Is it time to at least try guys out? Sadly, that's definitely not going to happen. No. Elliot Shore Parks is going to tell you why next. It's Elliot, it's James, it's Go Birds Radio. We're coming right back. But let me remind you that so many of the Go Birds faithful have already joined us and have set up their accounts and are having a blast. We legally betting on sports makes the games more fun. And like you, we all love the home teams. And that's why we go with the home team and have the home field advantage when it comes to sports betting. Our team at Parks Casino Sportsbook are right here in Bucks County. And that means your action, your money, they're safe and secure on their easy-to-use sports betting app. It's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app. Bet with the best. Elliot and I have been having a blast using the Parks Sportsbook app. It's intuitive. It's fun. You can bet on any game on the slate. You can bet on how many touchdowns will be scored. You can bet on yardage. Anything you want. In fact, a game I really like tomorrow, Buffalo heading in to take on New York. The other New York team, a.k.a. the worst team in the sport, somehow Buffalo's only a 10.5-point favorite coming off two losses. I think they throttle New York tomorrow. 
I think that's a no doubt about it. Download the app now, the Park Sino Sportsbook app. Bet with the best. Sign up now. Here's the deal. You get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Yes, $500. Just download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet of up to $500. Again, that's P-A-R-X-Casino.com slash P-A. The website website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your bet as a free, well, free, as your fun, refund on your loss as a free bet. It is Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer. Does it matter that the Eagles are bad? I can't believe I'm saying it doesn't, but I just don't think it matters. Unexpected. Much. Unexpected. Cause the, okay, well, because the big problems with this team will be solved once Carson starts playing better. 215 592 9494. And of course, reaction to the game on Thursday night. Let's start it out in Jersey with my good buddy Jimmy. Jimmy, good day, sir. James, Elliot, good day to you, fellas, and go birds. Go birds. There How you, you doing What's today, Jimmy? On, Having a good day, fellas. I want to start with a couple of comments. And uh, in an echo, I'm going to get off of this uh, speakerphone. Yeah, that'd be great. That would help. You did sound a little further away than you normally do, Jimmy. I do like talking on the phone on speaker sometimes. Well, yeah, I know. It's just it doesn't translate to the radio well. So that's uh, it's good work by you, Jimmy. So what's your thoughts? Any better, fellas? Yeah, it's better. Go ahead. Okay. uh, Comments. Uh, I go back to the 60s with some bad teams that went 2-12, and and 3-11, and uh, these team, this team that we have has a lot more talent than those teams do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got bad conditioning, which we've got the rest of the season to round the shape. We've got a lot of guys injured, which we've got a good chance to get a lot of them back before the end. What I would like to see is a strong finish last three games with everything running on all cylinders, no matter what it looks like now. Yeah. What I saw, what I saw Thursday, it was great seeing them score on the opening drive. They don't do that nearly enough. Mm-hmm. But the next forty minutes, they looked like a Max Senate comedy, and it was nice seeing them rally at the end. But we're going to need more out of it. Yeah, on the other hand, well, really quick, I think your point about the end of the season is a good one because Doug's record in December is something like I don't know, 12 and 4, if not better. I mean, he rarely loses end of the season games. So if he can get the team going into the playoffs, you're right. That, that is all that matters. And I don't think Wentz has ever stood taller than he is right now. I mean, this guy is under fire like nobody's ever seen, and he's standing tall back there, which leads me to my suggestion and question. Is it time for Lynch to start calling his own plays? Uh, Jimmy, good call. Uh, look, I think that he does have the ability at the line to change things and all that type of stuff. I don't think he's, you know, no, I, Pete I, Manning yet or anything like that at that level. Yeah, I, look, Doug is still a good head coach. Doug's offense works. What it needs is Carson to be more consistent with the accuracy. And I do think I do think that it does need a bout of, of some – new stuff in there some a little more creativity it's, but it's tough a little to more. do that with no i know yeah. i know with players who can't execute with players who don't know the routes they're running and all that and that and a quarterback that's not accurate but uh, see i i know what you're saying but i think it's you, a big part of it but again you got to figure out what your quarterback does well and put him in situations to be successful Yeah, but, but you can't when and carson can improve but when your quarterback's biggest problem is throwing the ball 
that is tough to coach but around. Again, I think you overrate the throwing the ball thing. I mean, we've seen he's like, one of the least accurate quarterbacks in the league. I, the throw to Boston Scott was a perfect throw. Yeah, in the I thought it was. A, I thought it was the best throw of his career, to be quite honest. Just in terms of the difficulty standing up, like standing I, I, in the pocket. My point is, I think it's harder to be consistent with accuracy and stuff when you're working with receivers who you've done so little work with, where you don't know where these guys are going to be, where you don't know if they're running the exact right routes, and then on top of that, you've got rushers in your face every time you're in the pocket. That's like, part of it, but he's also missing throws. That are that you know. If I went out and ran the route, he should be able to hit me on that. Look, he's missed some of those throws for sure. Less and less. Less and less. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I do think that it's all part of also when you're constantly under pressure. Like, it's hard even when you're not under pressure in those moments to to get that out of your head. To like every player under pressure when you're clean in a pocket, it's hard to not still kind of feel that. And that's on Wentz. I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying I can at least kind of understand where it's coming from. Let's go to Abington and talk to Rob. Hey, Rob. Hey, buddy. What's going on, my man? I never talked to you on the I know. I know. Only <laughs> only behind the glasses, they say. Very exciting. What's up, man? I, I, I'm, I'm liking this. Uh, look, I'm, I'm a like like you. I mean, don't get me wrong. Every week I'm on Go Birds, regardless if they lost week before or not. My problem is, and no offense, Elliot, but the last caller said it best. You you make a lot of excuses for Doug, but you're so hard on Carson. And mm-hmm. some of the things you say on Carson is absolutely correct. But the excuses you make for Doug, it, it doesn't make sense because you could say the same exact well, so first of all, I think it's an interesting point. I'm open to the idea of me being hard, harder on Carson than I am on Doug. But I think why I feel that way is because Carson has to execute the plays. Like, we've seen Doug succeed, and it was in a smaller sample size, but we have seen Doug succeed with Nick Foles at quarterback. And when he has a quarterback that gets rid of the ball quickly and delivers it accurately, we've seen Doug's offense works, and that just happens to be Carson's two biggest problems. Like, Carson can do a lot of stuff that Nick Foles can't. But what Carson is struggling with right now that traditionally Nick has been good at is getting rid of the ball quickly and delivering it accurately. And I think it's hard to judge Doug when the quarterback is playing at that level. Now, you're right. Maybe I'm not viewing Doug as harshly as I should, but I do think Carson's problems make it hard for Doug to look good. Can I ask you something uh, yeah. in regards to that, though? Yep. All right. I'm a Nick Foles fan, so I got to be careful how I say this. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we all are. I love that guy. There's been games when Nick Foles looked just as bad as Carson mm-hmm. has looked. Even worse. We, I mean, Foles sometimes has looked as bad as anyone. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So we can't just put that, well, he, you know, well, it works with Nick. Not always. <laughs> Not Well, always. and look, to your point about Nick, I actually thought Thursday night was a game that we in this city – always credit Nick Foles for winning, right? I mean, Nick Foles very rarely throws, like, five touchdowns and they win. Normally, the, the game Nick Foles wins is he's, you know, whatever Mediocre, for most of the and game. And then he comes through when it matters. And he's big at the end. So that was a game that if Nick was the quarterback, then I think everyone would be calling in and saying, Carson would never win that game. Like, that's why you love Nick Foles. But Carson won that game. He won the type of game we see Nick Foles win. Well, this is true. I also seen receivers in the same – like, this goes through to something else that y'all said about receivers not being in the, in the right spot. Carson's taking sacks because there's nowhere to throw because I see four receivers in the same area. I mm-hmm. can't blame Carson for that. That's, that's play design or receivers not doing their job, but it makes Carson look bad. Robin, that, that, I'm with, great call. And that's, that's kind of what I was going at, too, when you bring up the stuff with Doug where it's like, okay, well, Doug can't execute his playbook or can't have as many plays because he's got guys who can't run these plays. That has to also extend to Carson a bit, too, in the idea that these are not the best options to run these plays with. And thus, I like, just don't think it extends as much, though. Because, I agree to disagree a little well, look, bit. I mean, look, we think, so? Travis, we think Travis Fulgham's pretty good, yes. right? And, and your point about receivers running the wrong routes and all that, we don't 
We don't know. We, we don't know. know. We don't but, know. But we also, when you watch the games, I don't think you see that. Like, I don't think there's lots of examples. I mean, remember the, the like, game? Okay, all right, hold on. Gotta, get, hold up really quickly, really quickly. When I say wrong routes, I'm not saying, like, they're in completely the wrong spot. I'm saying, like, they right, need to go. Half a yard difference. Yeah, literally. And that I, I stuff, that. Uh, in terms of timing and accuracy, throws makes a big difference. Can make a throw that is where it's supposed to be look incredibly inaccurate just by him going a half yard the wrong, like, yep. further, you know? And there's There's truth to that. But I also think a lot of times the mistakes Carson makes don't feel like they have to do with the receivers. It's like, you know, he brought up how uh, Carson gets pressured because nobody's open. There's there's truth to that. But another reason Carson gets pressured is because he has a poor p- pocket presence this year. Like, there's times where their pocket is clean, but he's spinning around, totally. he's moving five well, yards I think back. Like, I, 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 that's kind of what I was talking about before. Not an excuse. He needs to figure it out. But I think because he's been under pressure so much, it's affecting when he's not under pressure because he's kind of got that – yeah, but he's got, but he's got to get better. I am not. I, I, I led with that. I said I'm not an. I'm, it's not an excuse. It is on Carson. Yep. I'm just trying to explain what I think could be happening. But that's why I think it's more blame is on Carson than Doug because Doug can't go out there. And frankly, he wasn't a great quarterback, so maybe it's a good thing he can't. Doug, go yeah, out Doug there. couldn't have executed right? it anyway. But Doug but... is definitely a good head coach. Doug is definitely a, a good offensive mind. I thought he had some bad play calls on Thursday night, but. You know, Carson is the one that has to execute it. Like, that's why Carson gets $35 million a year. He has to make these plays. 215-592-9494. Let's go to South Philly and talk to my brother. Hey, Darren. What's up, brother? Hey, Elliot, I just want to thank you for being the greatest uh, baby put the sleeper on planet Earth. My 10-month-old heard your point about Carson instantly nodded. I think <laughs> well, that's why I do it, man. That's why I do it. That's why I do no, it. No, you don't. No, you're just a horrible. <laughs> that soothing I, voice. Yeah, I don't know. Yes. No, no, it was just a bunch of BS. And well, let's hear what you disagree with then. I don't want to wake uh, your baby up. All, but... No, I'm out. I stepped outside. Let's first agree that uh, Travis is the best number 13 we've had in the 10-plus uh, years in Philadelphia Eagles history. He's definitely better than Nelly as of right now. Right yeah, he's wrong, definitely Nelly. playing very well. He's well, playing really good. Look, Nelson, I think Nelson was underrated, but Travis Fulgon has done look, underrated. I think Nelson, he was well, overrated. I think Nelson, Nelson had one really good year here and was a big member of winning the Super Bowl, and I will always appreciate that, but I think he clearly underperformed every other year he was here. Yes, I would agree with I'll that. agree with that. All right, number two, let me ask you this. Uh, receivers and quarterbacks have to develop timing and everything, correct? Correct. Uh, so uh, if Carson doesn't know who the hell is lining up every week and there's no uh, – no training camp. How is he going to develop that uh, rhythm and timing? Yeah, no, that's part of it. I acknowledge that, so but I think a lot. But a lot say, of the mistakes we're say. seeing Carson make have don't seem to be, have to do with timing. I but mean, that interception. That. But the interception against the Giants that he just oh, yeah. lobbed I, up in the end. It was a terrible decision. Throw, yeah. if, uh, Alshon was Alshon was there. He knows never to give up on a play. That receiver did, to me. No, I disagree with you on that. that. that First of all, Alshon and Carson. You're right. Actually, didn't do much there. But at the same time, like you just can't. It was double coverage. That was a clear. That was a clear throw the ball out of bounds situation and no, Carson put it, it in the end zone but the receiver could have helped his quarterback out by it's trying fair. to break right, up. But you also right. can't start the call by saying how good Travis Fulgham is and then also then back up by saying but the talent around him is not great. Is your issue more right, the talent right, or the or the time that they have? Because they haven't had a lot. But, uh, yeah. You're not, you're not like, getting to my point. You, uh, the, the previous caller sat there and said Doug, uh, Doug's call, play calling you sat there and said uh, it's not the same with Nick Foles. It's different. The, the play call, the games that Carson, uh, Nick Foles and the play call is different. I have yet to see Doug have the creativity for a flea flicker, a Philly special, anything. Well, I think Carson. I think that's personally because the Darren, ro- great call, brother. Two things: one, the roster is not as good, and I also think when your team is not as good, it's hard to you know call a flea flicker. I mean, he did call a, a play with Jalen Hurts where they threw the ball twice across the field. Yeah. I mean, that's 
I thought it was a dumb play, yeah, but it was I at least, too. I guess, it would qualify I just, under creative. I, I get what he's saying in the sense that, like, it does feel like a lot of the short yard stuff, we're seeing the, the long wind sneaks on, like, the one that was, yeah. like, a yard and a half, and you're trying to sneak it there or run it there. It just doesn't seem like for the guy who, whether you want to say him or Nick Foles called the Philly special, whatever, the guy who decided, yeah, we're running the Philly special in this spot in the Super Bowl, and I get it. I know he had guys who could execute the play, yes. and it's easier to do it. I still am just not seeing creativity, even if it's not as complicated or as trick a play or whatever. Just, like, do some motion. But maybe do some Doug doesn't stuff. think like, they can do it. It's possible, but you got to try, man. But like, why? Why would running you Carson into the line isn't working in and, these situations? And I'm not team saying knows it's coming. I'm not saying I believe this, but if you don't think your team can do it, then calling it is not a good idea. Well, that's true too. But again, maybe figure out what your team can do and, and be a little more creative. Is all I'm saying. At least, okay. I, and look, I think particularly coming off the Raven end of the Ravens game and Thursday night, it's it's just particularly fresh in my mind. I'm yeah. Not saying Doug's batted it forever. I'm just saying I'm, I've been disappointed lately. Yep. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's Go Birds Radio. It's Elliot. It's James. We're coming right back. It's Go Birds Radio, presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. James Seltzer, Elliot Shore Parks, coming your way until three o'clock. I always do the oh, and twenty four hours from now, Merrill and Mike on the call. Can't do that. Not this time. No Merrill and Mike tomorrow. Nice day off after a W yesterday or two days ago. One game in the next 22 days, I think. Wow. Something like that because they go right off to the off the Cowboys game into the bye week. Wow. So two games. Well, they. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Duh. Wow. Yeah. Geez. So they don't play this Sunday. They no, play don't th- they go to the. Oh, yeah. It's Cowboys by Giants yep. after that. Oh, yeah. wow. For some reason, I thought it was Cowboys Giants by. No, it's. uh. So obviously they don't play tomorrow. Then they have the uh, Cowboys next week. By the way, Cowboys week. Coming up, a little yeah, sneaky it's Dallas after week, baby. Yeah. Dallas sucks, for those who need to hear it. There you don't go. know it. I'll that's James. That's your safe space right Well, there. again, Dallas sucks. There I'm you just, go. I'm just speaking facts here, you know? Just, just You just sound like you were born to say it, too. <laughs> There's just something about the way it rolls off your tongue that it's like, that's what you were meant to say. I'm, so Yeah, it's been a long time of saying it. So yeah, it well, they definitely well. suck this year. Yeah, they do, for sure. baby. They um, do. So they don't play tomorrow. Then they play the uh, the Cowboys. Then they're off, then the Giants, then the uh, Browns. So only one game over the next, uh, like I said, 22 days, which is great for this team, well, especially, especially with the rest. Well, especially with the Browns, I think, you know, we talk about the toughness of the schedule. They still have the Packers and Seattle, and, like, there's there's some tough games left on the schedule. The Browns are not an easy game, but at least it's a winnable game. A winnable game. That's where I'm going. I think so. the, also the Saints in December is looking not as bad. In my opinion, yeah, Saints, I think that looks yeah. like a winnable game. But some issues going on too. This whole Michael Thomas thing is weird. So. Right. And look, Green Bay is going to be tough. Seattle is going to be tough. There's definitely tough games left, but they've also had tough games already. Yeah. No, and look, I mean, you know, they played the Ravens tough. They played the Steelers tough. Like you have to think that they can play the Browns tough for sure. Well, know? let me ask you this real quick before we uh, go back to the calls. For the Ravens game, I'm undecided on this. How much of that do you think is them just coming back? Playing well versus later the Ravens versus kinda, the Ravens. Well, taking the Richie, the that was that was Richie's whole thing. Is Richie yeah. was just like the Ravens let up. I think that's certainly part of it. We had Shio Capati on. He said him watching the film it certainly looked like they certain rate, like much. Marcus Peters. He cited as someone who mm-hmm. didn't look like he was giving it his all in the second half and stuff. But look, a game sixty minutes, and yep. I, I think even being down 31-14 and fight or thirty fourteen whatever it was and fighting the way they did, I think you get credit for even if the defense is making a little easier than they should be. So I think that's part of it, but that doesn't mean I'm not giving him any credit for fighting back in the game. All right. I'm just torn on it, but I think that's a that's a fair way to yeah. look at it. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Coming up in a minute, Elliot's gonna tell us why Jake Elliott is probably not going anywhere anytime soon. But first let's go to Cherry Hill and talk to Dominic. Dom, buddy, how are you? Oh guys, how you doing? What up, man? How you doing? 
Good, good. It's great to speak to you guys again. Go birds, as always. Go birds. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm interested to get your thoughts on this regarding Wentz because, you know, I'm a big Wentz guy, and I'm starting to go like downhill this year. I'm not as high on him after even the last game yeah. as a lot of others are. But I'm not a negative person. I'm, I'm pumped about the Eagles, but I am getting worried about Wentz's vision of the field. I, I noticed on at least two plays, Fulgham was actually wide open on a play. I don't know if you guys know. I don't remember exactly. I know it was in the first half, but he was wide open on a play, and Wentz never looked in that direction. Like, yeah. What do you, what, what, you know what I'm saying, Elliot? Yeah, like, yeah. So what here's what I would say about that. I do think Carson has been making poor decisions from the pockets, from the pocket. And that manifests itself in a lot of ways. I think what James said earlier was a good point. It seems like he feels the pressure coming early. Like, I don't know if that's because of his injury history or, or just because he has been hit so much this year and that's natural, but that I think impacts your vision down the field. I also think what Carson does a lot, and this is a flawed, I think it's why it's led to some of his turnovers. He locks in on guys. Like you can see when the ball is snapped, he looks right where he's going to go, and he almost always goes that way. And if not, like, he doesn't go through his reads as well, in my opinion. So I agree. Uh, I don't know the specific play you're talking about, but each week, and watching from the press box gives me a little bit of a more unique view, you can see guys are open and Carson Carson's not getting there. I will I will, right. I will say, though, there are other extenuating circumstances with that. Again, with pressure, you sometimes yeah. can't get through all your reads. And to be fair, look, we're very critical of the guy we watch play every week, but – the vast majority of quarterbacks have those exact same things. If you go back and watch game tape for the vast majority of quarterbacks, there are situations where they where there's an open guy and they miss him. Like it happens. Well, and Dominic, real quick, let me let me give you my quick take on Carson because what you said I think is where a lot of people are at. That coming into the year, you were very high on him. You were like you said, probably part of the LTBB with the Ike race, right? But <laughs> yep. I think that what really the case is what happening with Carson is he was not a top five quarterback. So holding him to that standard, he was all, he was never going to reach that. As someone that would probably be viewed as a Carson quote-unquote hater in this city, he's also not as bad as he is now. I think Carson is still somewhere between like 11th and 15th best quarterback in the NFL. So I think things are going to even out. But I think Carson's a little bit of a victim to expectations from him that just were never realistic. He's only ever been a top quarterback one year out of four years prior to But to be season. fair, also the one year he yeah, had a great— one year. I know. I'm, just, I'm saying it's also coincidentally the one year he had a great, a truly great roster around him. For what it's worth, okay. That's so, and that's such a good point, though, that you say that he's around 11 to 15. That's how I'm feeling, and I do think the expectations thing you're dead on because I did have those higher expectations, but I got to reset them. But I still felt like I loved the way he's been clutch, though, coming yeah. through games at the end. And but my last thing is, uh, my last point here is, I mean, it's amazing to see Boston Scott step up the way he has. Not only in this game, like you forget what he, we forget what he did. You know, in the last part last of uh, last season, mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing what this guy just does, like in, in crunch time. And I just, I, you know, shout out to Boston Scott, man. Well, Great call, Dom. Great interesting call. fact about Boston Scott. I wish I had the exact number in front of me, but something like sixty percent of his career yards are against the, the Giants. Giants. Yeah, yeah, like he he is a giant I killer. Mean, look, if he he did not look great through the first five no. games of the season, or well, nobody whatever. did. Yeah, nobody did. But but him in particular, compared to like. That was something we were excited about is, like, mm -hmm. Boston Scott getting that opportunity at the end of last year, coming back, being the back of this year. Like, he's going to be part of the offense. They're going to use him in the passing game. They're going to do fun stuff. And we haven't seen much of it. And who knows? Maybe it's just that the situation allowed them to scheme for him more or whatever. But he certainly looked a little more burst, a little faster, a little more, yeah. you know, explosive. Well, the interesting nice. thing about that, that play, the, the game-winning touchdown, 
phenomenal throw by Carson. Also an amazing catch Both by Boston amazing. Scott. And, and you have to wonder, like, does Miles Sanders make that catch? Because they have not been on the same page this year. I don't know a lot of people that do. And also yeah. the the size is part of the window. Like, yep. who knows? If, you know, so I, I, a fascinating question. I Let's, also don't think it's a coincidence that Boston Scott, Scott started to look good once Carson started playing better. That, like, the that, quarterback just fixes a lot of things. Uh, 215-592-9494. Let's go to uh, Princeton and talk to my good buddy, Billy T. William. Jimmy Elliott. Listen, what up? I... I, I you know, we're beating up Doug a lot, and, and with some do, you know, on that. But, you know, what is wrong with the way we evaluate talent? We have these two kids catching passes in the National Football League, have great hands. They look the ball in to their hands. They follow the football with their nose, and they just make great plays. Where have they been? Yeah, it's a great yeah. Billy. Billy, it's a great question. You can even like uh, transfer it back to last year. We were saying the exact same thing about Greg Ward over those last few weeks. We're like, why the hell wasn't this guy on the roster earlier? Why was he on the practice squad? It is interesting to see a guy like Fulgham come up and be like, what? Like, and, and, why? Uh, why? Why wasn't he here sooner? A less exciting example, but I think an equally important one. This team started Jamone Brown, who played terrible, yep. and then put in Suo Peta next week, who wasn't great, but played better than Jamone Brown. Like well, Anyone would have played better than But Brown. I'm just saying, there are examples of where guys that are going in are well, playing Lata, better than the starters. I think starters. my Lotta is a perfect example. Andre Dillard, right? The whole thing. And I know he's a first-round pick and all that, but... That you cannot convince me that Andre Diller is a better player than Jordan Mailata now. Like Jordan, I, it, even I if he were healthy, Jordan Mailata is a better football player. Why was that guy? Wait, I remember during training camp you were talking about the potential he might not even make the team, and now this guy's a starting left tackle and a potential piece for the future. Mm-hmm. So not just that, but we let two defensive backs go. Now I know Douglas, you know, was horrible on a long field. But on a short I field, loved Rasul. Like, you're t- Billy, you're talking to two guys who loved Rasul yeah. Douglas and were upset he was gone, so we're with you. Absolutely. best ta- One of the best tacklers in the secondary next to uh, One Malcolm of the best Lester. tackling corners I remember in an Eagles uniform. Like, that dude was a Ab- great tackler. Absolutely. And right now we have a problem covering a tight end, don't we? Wouldn't yeah. that be, got- be great to have that guy on the football team yeah. that can- has length that can cover uh, a tight end? Come on. So, anyway, hey, listen, with, with Daniel Jones, Doing a Joe D. Camaro. Uh, it's, <laughs> Billy. It's my shit running down the field. I was laughing my oh, ass That was great, Dude, really. That was great. Right. Hey, great right. call, great brother. Show, Thanks, man. Yeah, Daniel Jones going down was, you know, I mean, a rough moment for the young man. There's been some debate about whether I could score a touchdown in an NFL game. Some debate. Yes. Yeah, I think it's been a hot topic. Sure. I would say. Yes. yes. I could have scored on that play. Well, again, as I told you when you said this to me before, you could have maybe scored at the when he fell down. If you just had to run that little bit, you're not getting all the the. You're I don't not, know, man. That that oh, hole was pretty on. wide open. Do you know how fast NFL players are? You out of your mind? Yeah, they're fast. You I, think you could have taken that hole and run eighty yards or ninety yards? Did you, you see my five K time this morning? Oh, Apparently not. You might want to log on Twitter and check that out before you start uh, <laughs> talking reckless two, about what I can and can't do. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. I promise, coming up next, Elliot's going to tell you why Jake Elliott is not going anywhere. Something, actually, I will say, Elliot can kick a football. I've actually seen him do I'm it. I'm a two-time field goal champion before you start you <laughs> pretty, know, saying what I, what I can't do. Can't run away from NFL defenders. That 215-592. Well, if Nicole Roby Coleman's not running. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Dude, dude, he just gave up on that yeah. play. That was brutal. Credit to Jalen Mills. Yeah, you're right. Mills had a good game. That pick was nice, too. 215-592-9494, a full hour to go for us. It's Go Birds Radio. We are coming right back. But let me remind you yet again that so many of the Go Birds faithful have already joined us and set up their accounts 
and are having a blast. Legally betting on sports games makes the games more fun. Like you, we all love the home teams, and that's why we go with the home team and have the home field advantage when it comes to sports betting. Our team at Parks Casino Sportsbook are right here in Bucks County. That means your action, your money. They're safe and secure on their easy-to-use sports betting app. The only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app, bet with the best. You can bet on any game on the slate tomorrow. Of course, you can bet on yardage. You can bet on points at halftime, over, under, everything. I already told you I love Buffalo tomorrow. I'll give you another one. Both Elliott and I cannot believe that Chicago is a six-point underdog against L.A. They're a better team. They're going to win that game. You know who is going to go in there and make it happen. Sign up now and get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Yes, $500. Here's what you do. You just download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet of up to $500. That's P-A-R-X-Casino.com slash PA. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. Second hour of Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino leading you up to 3 o'clock. I believe Rob Ellis coming up after that. I will check on that. The legend. Robbie E. after Elliot Shore Parks, James Seltzer. All right, Elliot, we'll go back to the phones in one second, but... I've heard a lot, a lot of cut Jake Elliott. I've heard a lot of, okay, at least if nothing else, bring some kickers in, try some guys out. Like, this guy's in a funk. What do you do? Elliott, tell everyone who might not know why it is highly unlikely Jake Elliott is going anywhere. Because Howie Roseman handed Jake Elliott a five-year, $21 million (laughs) contract. I think it was last off season. It might have been during I, I the year last, last year. Nove- uh, yeah. last November, during the year last something year, something like October, yeah. November, October, November last year. And, and Jake Elliott's a very good kicker. He's not kicking it like it right now, but he is. I could see why you would. I could see why you would want to lock. Look, him up he's long-term. made some big kicks for this team. But the issue with locking up a kicker long term is things go south quickly. It's so kickers. volatile, man. Remember it's Alex so vo- Henry? So all these guys, yeah. like, there's so many of these guys who feel like the best kicker in the league, other than like the Justin Tuckers, who are truly the the all time greats. Right. Like. I feel like all these guys fluctuate, and that's why they're on so many different teams, and that's why, you know, it's... it's so, it, I don't think they're close to moving on from Jake Elliott, but he has missed a field goal in three straight games. Two of those games were extremely close. I mean, the, the Ravens won, you know, not as much. And one but, was a 29-yarder. Yes, one was a 29-yarder. <laughs> that's, that's a bad miss. If the Eagles cut Jake Elliott this year, like if they were to cut him next week, if he struggles again or whatever, $5 million in dead money, and it costs them... Two million in cap space. So right now they have, I think it's at around maybe twenty-two after redoing Fletcher Cox's deal. They would go down to twenty million dollars if they cut Jake Elliott. And then next year for twenty twenty-one, it's a three million dollar dead cap hit if they hold on on to him until June first. So they are locked into Jake Elliott. Their cap situation is not one where they can eat that type of dead money. You know, I think really the only thing you can do if he continues to struggle is put him on IR. Like, well, that's what you know, I was say, about to ask hey, you. I think you might be hurt, Jake. That's like, what I was about to ask you. Like, can they say, oh, he's got a groin injury? Like, what are the, the can you get any relief? Do you get any, like, if you well, put J- him on- No, I mean, J- Jake would have to, uh, you know, take part in it, right? I mean, if, like, if they were to say to Jake, <laughs> You'd have like, to agree? Yeah, I mean, if, if they, they can't put him on IR against his will. So if he's legitimately hurt, they put him on. But if they're, if they say to him, like, look, Jake, you're a better kicker than you are right now. Let, let's need- just, let's get an MRI on your leg, see what's going on. And then it says, oh, you know. 
it looks like maybe a few weeks would help you. Like you could do something like that, but you're not getting any cap relief. The only benefit of replacing Jake Elliott as opposed to replacing, you know, a, a offensive lineman or something like that is a kicker is going to be extremely uh, cheap to bring in. Like a kicker that's still available right now, frankly, a, is not very good, but also is not going to cost anything more than the bare minimum. So you, there are ways to get around Jake Elliott, but cutting him is, is not going to happen and unless it gets really, really bad and they just have to eat the money. But I don't, I don't think it'll get to that point. Man, remember when we used to talk about how Howie Roseman made no mistakes with the cap? I was like, perfect. Oh, really? What's the last contract he's handed out? I mean, we've had a lot of misses. I mean, the Alshon thing is obviously the most glaring in terms of just everyone knowing what a disaster it is. But, I mean, the Deshaun decision, this, Jason Peters. I mean, it's been Javon a, Hargrave. Javon Hargrave. What happened to that guy, yeah. man? Like, I, it's been it's been strange, man. Like he has really gone downhill over the last year plus yeah. in these types of decisions. And and this is a, a different conversation. And look, I started the show off by saying I don't care that they're bad right now. I just want them to be good come playoff time, and that's all that will matter. But when you talk about like if it does get ugly, if it is you know four eleven and one or whatever, and they do decide major changes need to happen, one of Howie's flaws is he is emotionally attached to players. And if you're going to rebuild, you're going to have to have somebody come in here that can say, you know, I don't care that Jason Peters is an all-time great Eagle. I don't care that Deshaun Jackson is. Like, you have to have someone come in and move on from these guys. And that if, if it does fall apart then and you're looking for a new GM, that is definitely one benefit of moving on from Howie no. is. I do think Howie gets too emotionally attached. I think that's very clear, no matter he'll what probably he tell says. you that, honestly. Yeah, 215 Let's go to Del Rand and talk to Bob. Hey, Bob. Hey, how you doing? I, I really like what you just said um, as far as they attached. Now, I'm going to kind of talk real high level and get down to Howie. You know, if you do a certain job, you know, anything, you kind of know what your strengths and weaknesses are, and they mm -hmm. kind of evolve. It's just the way it is. I'm not going to be a brain surgeon. I'm going to tell you right now, yeah, maybe I can become a doctor, but I don't have those capabilities and be able to recognize that, then you don't go into that area. Mm -hmm. With Howie... I think he's he must realize he's missing on a lot of these college draft picks. And at some point, I think you have to look within yourself and say, look, I'm good at contract negotiation. I'm good at getting free agents or whatever his strengths are. I'm not good at this. So let me get somebody who, who will be good at this and make the picks. Mm -hmm. And I think the big impediment in a lot of these guys and a lot of people in general is your his ego. ego. Yep. He, gotta let your ego go and i wish somebody would have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with them and say let's get somebody who's got a great track record we need to get this we all want to get a world championship this is going to be the fastest way to do it well and and the interesting part about your point is if and i don't know if you should do that but if he decided to do it it would prolong his time here right well, i mean if he's willing oh, yeah, to do no something question. somebody I well, think he's great in contract negotiation, and well, he's got his skills Bob, in numbers. I, Bob, I think the other really interesting part about your point is that this was what we were told how he did, right? I mean, wasn't that yeah. when he was shoved yeah. in a closet, he comes back, I need to work better with others, they bring Joe Douglas in, this and that. It feels yeah. like how he's kind of reverting back to the, the issues he had before, you know, the whole chip yeah. thing happened. And I think if he doesn't do it, then he's being selfish and not thinking of the entire Eagle organization and fan base. And I would say that, you know, if I was there, I would say that. You're not thinking of everybody. I have my strengths. You have your weakness. I have my weaknesses. You need to fill those in with certain personnel. And if he doesn't do it, then he's being selfish. Bob, look, terrific call. Call us more often. Look, I don't want to say drafting's hard and just let Howie off the hook, but drafting is really hard, right? So, I mean, we can't expect Howie to hit on all these picks. Now, his drafting has not been great. I mean, 2018 starting to look better. Josh Sweat's looking like he's a steal mm -hmm. in the fourth round. Yep. Uh, 
Goddard is a good player. Maddox is a good player. But I also wonder from Howie's perspective, if he sits there and says, well, look, Sidney Jones is playing well in Jacksonville. Like, Rasul Douglas is playing well in Carolina. The, the issue is not the evalu- evaluation of these players. Like, I'm drafting talented players. The issue is once they get here, what's happening? Well, I, I don't know if I think that's the case, but if you're, he's talking oh, about sure how, how he would view it. I'm sure he can convince himself yeah. of that potentially, but at the same time, like, on a, on a basic level, and I'm sure you agree with this, and I don't know if Howie does or doesn't, but that it doesn't matter. Ultimately, it has to come back on Howie Roseman because yep. he's the general manager. He's the one who's hiring these coaches. He's yep. the one who's having them. 100%. So, so, like, ultimately, it has to come back on Howie whether the player works out on your team or not. Yeah, and the, the interesting thing is how long do we think Jeffrey Lurie's leash is on Howie right now? Because you can really make an argument for either side. You could say this is Howie's first down year. They're a playoff team the last three years. They won the Super Bowl, all those things. And then you can just as justifiably flip it and say they're – the arrow is pointing down. They won the Super Bowl, won a playoff game, didn't win a playoff game, and we'll see what happens this year. So it's it's not an easy decision by any stretch. 215-592-9494. Let's go to my good buddy in Cincinnati. Yo, Mark. What up, buddy? Hey, guys. How's it going today? What up? Okay, so, you know, when it comes to Howie and Doug, you know, with this whole debate, I think that we can agree that they haven't done a good job with protecting Carson this year. With the, with the depth of the front line. And also, you know, not coming into the season with a running back, uh, you know, uh, like a short yardage back was a big mistake. Um, and that's, that's really evident right now. So I, I just, you know, is there anything, you know, with the trade deadline? Uh, because I agree with you guys, you know, it, it's not a great team, but I'd rather, you know, have a chance at winning a playoff game mm-hmm. rather than, you know, tanking. I, I I think well, and getting and getting Carson playoff experience, getting Carson playoff yeah, exactly. experience, getting all these young guys like Fulgham, Mylotta, any of these guys who yep. you think could be a, a part of your future, getting them not just playoff experience, but experience playing meaningful games down the stretch, all those reps, I think all that stuff does matter in a, a long-term thing, you know? Well, and Mark, to your question about the trade deadline, that's why I'm not as against buying as other people are. Like, I, I don't want to give up a second-round pick unless it's somebody that's a stud young player you know can be here, but... I'm okay giving up a fifth-round pick for a player that I think could solidify the guard position or, you know, if you think Miles is going to be in and out of the lineup all year, then maybe a better backup running back. Like, I'm okay with doing those things because I do think getting to the playoffs has, has its advantages. Absolutely. Plus, we get to watch another week of Eagles football. Well, that, you go. And, Mark, that was something <laughs> I talked about on the postgame body on the radio show yesterday, the idea that – that with so many people being so negative about that loss, and again, I get it, they're not a good team. I get it, the Giants are bad. But the idea that, like, we get, at at worst, 16 of these games a year, and that's it. And you get a chance to win a game in thrilling fashion on Thursday night football in front of the, the national audience. Yes, we didn't look great all that stuff, but, like, at least take some joy in it. So they say that was super fun. We won. We didn't lose, you know? When the Eagles were... Yeah, in- oh, sorry, go ahead, Mark. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. Yeah, no, if you're, in, if you're an Eagles fan... And and when when they uh, when when Brandon Graham made that strip another strip back to end the game, which is talk about positives. It's one of the few positives on defense. Oh yeah, he's having a know. monster. Here. Mark, great call. Brandon Graham is having a great season. He's so, been awesome. When the Eagles were driving for the game-winning touchdown, I put a poll up on Twitter and I said, "Do you want the Eagles to win this game? Do you want to guess what percentage wanted them to win the game?" In the moment. In the moment. 
Wow. So close. But but think about Good. that. I mean, yeah, you would think you would think. I mean, it should be 35 percent. Uh, it should of be 98 percent. 35 percent of the fan base did not want them Pretty to wild. win. And they're not completely wrong. Well, but it's look, just... I, I tweeted uh, and it, and the first touchdown the, the when it was 21 to 10, they scored so quickly. Like by the yeah. time I tweeted it, John Hightower had the catch and they were down the field. But I was like, all right, time to root for Jamar Chase now, essentially, because yeah. like it felt like the season was over at that moment. Well, and we'll that is be bathing. That, that is the one downside to um potentially making the playoffs the only downside in my opinion is if you don't if you make the playoffs you're basically going from probably a top 10 pick to like i don't know 19 something like that yeah, 18, it's a, it's 19. A massive so jump. And, and not only that the other teams in your division are all going to be in the top yeah. 10 so well and also coming off a year last year where and again i wanted them to make the playoffs i'm happy they did but you can literally point to them making the playoffs over dallas is the difference between getting cd lamb or not getting cd lamb literally you well, know Let's see what Jalen Rager can do. No. <laughs> to be fair, it's not his fault he's hurt. I know. I know. I just know he's not Justin Jefferson. I'll tell you that much. No, he's not. 215-592-9494. Let's talk to our good buddy, Ja'Cory. Hey, Ja'Cory. Ja'Cory! All right, Ja'Cory, not ready to go. We'll get Ja'Cory back. Let's get some some pipes on the show. The man, the myth, the legend. Let's go to New Mexico and talk to David. Hey, Dave. What's going on, gentlemen? How you doing? Uh, what up, man? You know what? I have been upset after a lot of Eagle games, but I have never been as upset as I was after that Thursday night game. Wow. Talk to me, man. Why? I was livid. I was absolutely livid. And I thought to myself, um, after sitting back and and rewatching it and, you know, going over it, and nothing has changed. I'm still mad. Doug needs to be fired. Okay, I'm sick of this. This is crazy. Do you know in Yaffle football that they would have kicked a field goal and they don't kick field goals in Yaffle football? Yeah, no, I, yeah, look, I would have kicked it. The the Keem Butler play, I would have kicked the field goal there in that moment, but, you know. Well, but you want him to be aggressive, right? In general, yeah, I do. Okay, it's okay to be aggressive. Let's not be stupid, okay? Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with basic football 101, okay? You go down by one, and you come back and let your defense play some ball, and you don't put so much pressure on your team to chase points. It's it's ridiculous. Points are hard enough to get without you having to go out and chase them. All yeah, right. look, I don't so, disagree with you. I would have kicked it, too. I'm just saying a criticism of Doug is he hasn't been as aggressive this year. And I think that is a spot where you can at least justify the decision to be aggressive. I mean, the offense have been struggling. You're close to the goal line. So I would have kicked it, but your point's And again, yeah, but, my, yeah, but, Dave, here's what I'll say. And again, I would have kicked it, but my biggest problem wasn't – I can understand going for it in that spot. I can at least understand the, the play call. The play call. Like, don't yeah. throw a fade okay, well, route, look. which is a lazy play call to begin with, to a guy who hasn't a target all year. Like, that's my bigger <laughs> issue. And, and his play calling overall was abysmal, okay? Abysmal. All right, look, Doug Peterson has wasted half this season trying to prove to everybody he's the smartest Frank Wright. Stop it, okay? He needs to get some, an offensive coordinator, just promote Deuce Daly to offensive coordinator, and let Marty Morningwave be his assistant and call plays. He needs to remove himself from that position. He's a motivator of men. He knows how to keep people in charge. He knows how to, uh, uh, to mold talent as far as being encouraging. He's patient. He's a good coach. He's not a good play caller. It's okay that you're not the smartest guy in the room, and sometimes you need to delegate. So I, I, I can't, I can't defend that. some of Doug's play calling on Thursday night. I could see why on Thursday night you would come away frustrated. But yeah, it was very, it was it was very, very frustrating. frustrating. But, I mean, look, they scored 28 points against the Ravens. They put up 29 against the Steelers. Those are two of the better scoring defenses in the league. Like, and that's all, he's and that's not all been perfect. Well good, but, but they should have put, put up 40. 
but why? I mean, but but part of this is execution as well. It just is. That's very true. Yeah, and I mean, so Jake Elliott misses in the first. To Carson right. Wentz red zone right. interception. There. And the Miles, the the Miles Sanders drop the against Miles Baltimore. Sanders drop against Baltimore. The John Hightower drop like, against there are Baltimore. Plays there to are be plays made. to be made. It's fair. And and the key and the key to all that is that offensive line. That offensive line needs time to gel, and they they haven't had it. So later on in the season, when people start to get healthy and they start playing together, I think this offense will be a lot better once those guys start to gel. You can't run three flickers and end arounds and all that other stuff when these guys don't even know where their positions are. So until mm-hmm. that line starts to play better, until they start to solidify, we're going to see different places on the offense that's going to get better. But Doug has got to release himself of that. You talk about pride, you talk about ego, that one needs to suffer. Dave, great call. And look, I think that I, I have called for more creativity and stuff from Doug too as you and I went back and forth yeah. on stuff. And look, I think that I'm not saying I'm. At, I don't think Doug needs to give up play calling or whatever. I do think that he does seem like someone who might be better with some help. Like uh, clearly, the best Doug we've seen was Frank Reich. Like find someone who can be his right hand man. Like stop forcing him to hire coaches mm-hmm. who aren't his people. Like give him a chance to work with somebody who can maybe help. You know, maybe he's a brainstorm. Like I know I'm. I'm better at coming up with ideas, coming up with things. If I'm doing it with someone else, if I'm bouncing ideas. Yeah, no, someone, I, I think that's, that's the way fair. I think best. Yes, you I, know. But we should also recognize that like. Frank Reich was clearly overqualified to be an offensive coordinator. Like, he is a head coach, right? So you are probably not going to find another offensive coordinator as good as Frank Reich. And And someone who was friends with Doug, and they have a good relationship and all that. I also think it's so easy just to, like, lean on the Frank Reich thing and just say, like, oh, Oh, Frank was the reason. Well, again, I I don't think Frank – I'm not saying that. I think think people are always like, oh, it's Frank Reich. He's the true genius. No, I think the two of them together were great together. Well, look – That's my – Dave might have been being somewhat sarcastic, and he made a lot of good points. But, like – Doug is not out there trying to prove he's Frank Reich. I mean, no. the, the, I think no. I think if anything, Frank the Reich team is, is trying two, to prove four, he's and Doug. One. I mean, what are we talking right. about? Here? The team is two, four, and one. I can't sit here and say anybody's doing a great job, but I just I firmly believe Doug is the least of the problems. I think execution and personnel is a bigger deal. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. All right. Normally, this is about an Eagles game coming up, but since the Eagles already played, let's look around the league. Elliot Shore Parks. All of football this weekend. All the games happening. Who is your player to watch? Brought to you by your tri-state Toyota dealers. Proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. Elliot, who are you watching this weekend? Well, I think we can all agree we'd rather be watching an Eagles game. You're damn right. But with no game on, the player to watch is Andy Dalton. And the, I agree with you. The reason it is is because what we saw on Monday night was a bad Cowboys team. If Andy Dalton starts to play better, and he wasn't the main problem on Monday night, but Obviously, the Eagles' main competition for this division is is the Cowboys, and they're only going to go as far as Andy Dalton takes them. I'm interested to see what he does against Washington, a team with a good defensive front. You know, defense overall not super great, but they can definitely get pressure, and especially because you're playing Andy Dalton next week. Yeah. So on a Sunday where you have the day off, you know, maybe flip around a little, but if you can watch Andy Dalton, I think you can really look at that game and get a better feeling for how good the Eagles' chances are winning it. If those, if the Cowboys go out, they lose to Washington, Andy Dalton struggles again, then you can just lock it in. I mean, the Eagles are winning this division. It's a, gr- it's a great Getting a chance point. to look at them is big. I agree with you. That's the player to watch brought to you by your tri-state Toyota dealers. Proud partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Totally with you there, I think. Especially against a good Washington D-line, like you mentioned. I think that's going to be really fascinating. It's very rare, like we said, that we get to, on a, on a Sunday, just worry about looking at the team we're going to play. Instead of worrying about the Eagles, that should be a lot of fun. 215-592-9494. It's Go Birds Radio. A few open lines. Get in right now. 215-592-9494. It's Elliot. It's James. It's Go Birds Radio. Don't go anywhere. Every dog play. 
Birds Radio, presented by Parks, Sportsbook, and Casino. Elliot Shore Parks, Gene Seltzer. Coming your way for about another 35 minutes. Robbie E, I believe. Not Robbie, Moshe. Who's on next? John Johnson on next? The Bama-Tennessee oh, right. game, courtesy oh! Westwood One. I guess now we know why Justin from Tennessee has called Oh, there we go. In. There Getting we go. ready for a big one. How about that? So Bama-Tennessee coming up next. I'd rather listen to Rob Ellis than Bama-Tennessee, but, you it's know, a good whatever. game, though. No, it's a big game. Check it out. Here on WIP, 215-592-9494. Let's go back out to the phones. Uh, I lo- so we're going to go to Keith and Mensam. I'll just, I very rarely read what is, is written here yeah. for me before, but he says, Elliot is driving me crazy with this Carson Wentz stuff. And what did I say to you during the break? You said, take that guy. Let's do it. Let's do it. Keith, lay it on him, brother. Do what you got to do. What's up? I'm Seltzer. How you doing, man? And ESP. What up, Keith? What's up, buddy? Uh, listen, doing? what I have to say is when I watch an Eagles game anymore, especially the last couple of weeks, I see improvement in the quarterback. Mm-hmm. I see an exciting player. I see the best player on the team, is what I say. And when your team goes for it on fourth down at the three-yard line, how about your defense standing up, keeping them, and, and, and you get good field position. It, it, it's, everybody puts it on Wentz. And when I see him, when he plays freelancing, he's a wonderful player to, to watch. Listen, John Elway didn't win a, a playoff game or a Super Bowl until he was, what, 38? Yeah, that's an anomaly, though. I mean, there's well, a no, reason. No, no, it's no, so no, no. Oh, it went to other Super Bowls. Prior yeah, he didn't to that. win a Super Bowl. He oh, I, he, I thought he said didn't win a playoff. Oh, game. maybe. No, he didn't win a Super Bowl. Okay, until, I thought you but, said playoff game. My fault. Right, but what I'm saying is that he's the most exciting player on the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, but, I but like so, watching him. So, but here would be my counter, and I agree. He has absolutely okay. improved each of the last three weeks. I thought. Thursday was his best game, and if you would ask me prior to Thursday, I would have said Baltimore was his best game. So he has definitely improved. The only way I'll push back on you is, yes, the defense can't allow a long drive. All those things are true. Carson is making critical mistakes that are, that are hurting this team. The interception last week, the fumble against Baltimore. I mean, he is tied for the league lead in interceptions among the quarterback position. And if you add in fumbles, I think he's number one. I don't know where Daniel Jones would be after Thursday night, but he, he is – if not the main reason, he's one of the main reasons they are 2 for one He has played poorly for the majority of this season. He has improved, and that's good, right? It's good that, he's, that uh, he was better against the Giants than he was against Baltimore. I think, I think he will play good against Dallas. But to say that, you know, it's the defense's fault or anything, like there's a reason you pay Carson franchise quarterback money. It's because you expect him to be the reason you win games. That's why you invest such a large portion of your salary. And I think he was the reason they won that game. And, he was. He and, was. And the yeah. thing is, the thing is, though, Elliot, the thing is, Week after week, to me, the more he feels like he's scrambling, he's running, he's staying out of traffic, he has no offensive line, he just seems to be more relaxed in this role. And I just think that – but he's also making critical. But he's but he's also but he's also but he's also making big mistakes when he's doing this freelancing too. And I also think on on a larger scale, the bar has lowered for Carson. Like the what the expectations of where like this city now is like. Wow, Carson had a great game is lower than what. But again, it's also it's all context dependent. He is playing with a a bunch of backups, yeah, man. Like this it. stuff matters. Like it's not he does not have an all star roster around him. In twenty seventeen, that roster was stacked. Well, like, and he was, made the roster better, to be agree, fair. I agree, mean, agree. Yeah. But I think I think you could argue he's making guys better. Like I think you could argue that he's making some of these yeah, third but, and fourth but stringers. But a lot play of the better. mistakes he's making are not because of other players. Like the well, fumble th- against again, Baltimore. I think the, he needs to not do hero ball stuff. Like that is the yeah, but biggest that's a big, 
but that, that's a big part of it is my point. Like when you look at why this team is two, four and one, in my opinion, the biggest reason has been quarterback play. It's the reason why they won oh, on Thursday see, my, night. It's roster. No, it's, it's roster, not. Car- it's roster, Carson is roster, turning it over more than any other quarterback. He's doing in the, the best he can with a group of of nobody. Yeah, but around the, him. but the but the mistakes are not happening because of the players around him. Is my point? Unless you want to say he feels a need to do more. Yes, that's what literally what I just said. Okay, but okay, but the interception against the Giants was a reckless. It was throw. just a the bad fumble throw. against Baltimore. I agree. The fumble against Baltimore is the one fumble you could argue like. If I thought his knee was down, but even then, like he's got to be more careful with the ball. But you know, I, I, at least that one, I it felt like that was not like one and, of the other fumbles that he had. And I credit Carson for how hard he's been playing. Like I understand, that, like remember prior, this was I guess a discussion about a year ago, if not a year and a half. There was a lot of discussion about Carson needs to protect himself better. Remember that was like coming off the ACL, the back injury. I always thought that was overblown. Like I didn't think Carson really took a lot of reckless hits, and I think you're seeing that this year. There's very few times. Carson like lowers his shoulder. I think he did it against the Baltimore mm-hmm. fumble, but he, when he gets hit, generally there's not much avoiding it. So that area of the game was always, I thought that criticism was overblown. I think the doing too much thing is a little overblown as well. The bottom line is the turnovers just have to stop, period. Like you cannot turn it over as much as he is turning it over and win games. You can't. The I re- agree. I agree. I'm just saying, like, look, this is the first year he's had a problem with interceptions ever. Like, yeah, so- but last year he's. According to some advanced, fumble, look, the fumbles are an issue. I, we're, I know, like he needs to get a lot look, of dropped interceptions. Uh, you know, look, the we point. Uh, okay, regardless, you can't say the interceptions have been a big problem. They have not been a problem. So, and it is this year, and you could assume at least that maybe that's something he can fix if it's something that hasn't yeah. been a, a career-wide issue for him. Let's go to Berwin and talk to Mike. Yo, Mike. Hey, how you guys doing today? What up, man? How you doing? Good. I just had a question. I mean, it's. Howie has not done a good job the last couple of years. You're not going to get fight back. You must think about bringing Joe Douglas back if he gets let go with the Jets. The chance of bringing Joe Douglas back? I I don't think they're going to let go of him. I know they're horrendous. I think they fire Adam Gase before they fire Joe Douglas. I think they let Joe Douglas. I mean, Joe Douglas didn't pick Adam Gase. Yeah, Joe Douglas will not be fired. I think they'll let Joe Douglas hire a head coach would be my guess before they get rid of him. Look, I would take Joe Douglas back for sure, to work with Howie, clearly. Would we, you, you know, take him back to replace Howie? Uh, to, I mean, I look, I would take anyone back to replace Howie at this point. I like Joe Douglas, but I, I, I think he's, I think Joe Douglas might be better set for what Howie's better set for, for a situation where he worries about one thing yep. and someone else worries about the other, you know? I just think Howie did better when he was just doing the numbers. Well, he wasn't just doing the numbers there, Mike. He was, you know, still had final say when Douglas was here, and thanks for the call. But I do think that Howie does need someone with it. Look, Howie's not a – no matter what he wants to say or whatever, Howie's not a, a, a personnel guy long-term. Like, he's mm-hmm. not an, a, a personnel expert. He's not someone who's scouted. He's not someone who's been out on the road, who's done all those things, who's seen what works, what doesn't, who knows what they're looking at, so to speak. Like, you can't – Howie does need help. Well, it's funny when people call in, and, and we say this as well, but, like, yeah, of course Howie would be better if he had one of the, you know. And, of a course, Doug would be better guy. if he yeah, had sure. another great. You know, yeah. like, it's like saying in basketball where, well, Ben Simmons would be great if he was surrounded by shooters. Well, yeah. any player would be great if they were surrounded by shooters. So I, I think that, you know, Howie, he's had a rough year and a half. He definitely has. You look at some of how his free agency moves have worked out, uh, the contracts, the draft picks, all that. It's just a matter of whether Jeffrey Lurie gives him a chance to turn it around. But I think that I think he probably will. He gets one more offseason. Mm-hmm. I think if this time next year the team is, you know, one four and one or two four and one or whatever, then then they're in real trouble. Two or Howie is in real trouble. Yeah. They are as well, but Howie is in real trouble. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to Reading and talk to Brett. Hey Brett. 
Hey, James, how you doing, man? Good to talk to you, man. What's on your mind today? So, a couple of things. I have, feel that the caller was on to something a little bit earlier about how much Doug takes on as a play caller and whatnot. I'm not saying he shouldn't call plays, but I do have an issue with the way that we're running the ball. And, I, you know, we have running backs that can play a little bit. It's not like none of those guys can play. I think they're being used wrong. If Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I've seen three in particular running plays being just the running plays we do every time, either from the shotgun, two different plays, one inside zone or off tackle, and then the other one is from the single back formation, basically just a dive between the center and guard or mm-hmm. off tackle bounce out. That's ridiculous. Like, how can you not team up more ways to use the running backs you have? This is something John Ritchie has brought up a lot, for what it's worth. He has been consistently critical of the scheming of run run plays. I should note, for a lot of people out there that want Deuce Staley to be the head coach of the offense coordinator, Deuce is the run game coordinator. So if you're not happy with what you've seen from the running game, I mean, that, that's on Deuce. It's on Doug, ultimately, but it's also so on Deuce. So do you, you really believe that Deuce is the one scheming up the plays? I think, I think it's a collab. It is. It's a collaborative effort. I mean, I can tell you, it's a it's a collaborative effort down there. I, look, ultimately, much like it all falls on Howie. Ultimately, the play calls fall on Doug. He's the one calling them. I, he, I'd imagine he is final saying how they're designed and all that. I'm I'm just highlighting that if your issues with the run game, that that is what Deuce yeah, is in I charge. I have issues of. with both them because if they can't come up with more creative runs than that, then you're not going to have success. But it's when you say creative, I mean, I, I get it. Obviously, you want to see, like, you know, the flea flickers that we saw. I mean, the they, trickery. Yeah, that they, kind did, of stuff, they did yeah. run a play where Jalen Hurts no, threw it to no, Carson no, and Carson threw it back. He's, what, what Brett's talking about is more just your consistent, like Kyle Shanahan, like the way that yes. guy ha- has a running game, like the movement that's going on, yes. the, the different guys that are being used, bringing wide receivers in, all of it. Like, and yes, it is misdirection and trickery in a way, but it's their running mm-hmm. game. Like, that's yeah, what they do as a running fair. offense. I, I think and that's fair to criticize Doug. I think personnel's part of it as well. But sorry, sorry, go ahead. For God's sakes, there's like use some two back sets with a tight end that could do a lead block. I mean, it, there's so many things you could do. Can't tell me you don't have personnel enough to get creative to do things differently with the run game. And I think that's part of why Carson's getting killed. He's just getting laid out there with an offensive line that does not have any kind of experience except for Jason Kelsey for the most part. Mm-hmm. And you why the teams know like they can just stack eight guys or seven guys mm-hmm. close to the box even when they're passing. Brett, really good call. And and look, I, again, I'm not a, a play schemer or whatever, but that is something that John Ritchie has talked about a lot, like consistently over and over and over again, that there is not enough new wrinkles and not, not, not new creativity. to your In the running game, to your point, though, like it, offensive line, you know, personnel does matter in that spot as well. Yeah, and maybe I'm being too easy on Doug. I just look at, you know, 28 points against the Ravens, 29 against the Steelers, and I hate to keep going back to that, but that matters. Like creative, not creative, you know, innovative new plays, whatever. Bottom line business, they have, they have been putting up points over the last three weeks, and it took them until the fourth to put those points up on uh, on Thursday, and I didn't like some of Doug's play call, but the, the points are still coming. At least they were. They are coming more than they did early in the year. Yeah, and again, I do think that's what makes some of these arguments so difficult, whether it's Carson or Doug or whatever. They're also that, tied together. Yeah, and they're also tied together, and also the, the roster's also tied together. Like mm-hmm. we just talked about, like you don't know if, if Doug's playbook has to be you know, this much smaller because he didn't have enough time with the guys who were going to be out on the field to practice these plays and all these. There's so many little, like, if this, then that, then this, then that, that we don't know that makes it hard to judge certain things. And I think that's why 
look, I still think that they're going to make the playoffs probably, and I think they have a chance to win a playoff game. But I think that's why one of the most concerning stats about this team is there's something like, you know, 15, 18, and 1 since 2018. Like, they are a team that the core, you know, Howie's roster being coached by Doug, Doug's offense being executed by Carson, like, something is not working. Like, I think they're better than 2-4-1, and one, but they have not shown they're a 10-plus win team consistently, and that's what the Eagles should be. Like, the Eagles are one of the best franchises in the league. We're not talking about the Browns and being happy that, you know, they're going to be in the playoffs. The Eagles should be a consistent playoff team, and just overall, their record has not shown an elite franchise type of record. 215-592-9494. One more segment to go, leading you up to... A little college football after that. It's Go Birds Radio. It's Elliot. It's James. And again, let me remind you that so many of the Go Birds faithful have already joined us and set up their accounts and are having a blast. Legally betting on sports games makes the games more fun. Like you, we all love the home teams. That's why we go with the home team and have the home field advantage when it comes to sports betting. Our team at Parks Casino Sportsbook, they're right here in Bucks County. That means your action, your money. They're safe and secure on their easy-to-use sports betting app. It's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in the whole state of Pennsylvania. The Parks Casino Sportsbook app. Bet with the best. Sign up now. Get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Yes, $500. You can bet on any game on the slate. I already told you. I love Buffalo. Minus 10.5. I love Chicago. Plus 6 on Monday night. And you know what? I'll even throw Washington in there. Minus one against Dallas. I think that D-line gives a lot of problems to Dallas to that Dallas offense. So I think they got a good shot in that one, too. Sign up now. You can get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Download the app or go to parkscasino.com slash PA and use our promo code GOBIRDS. That's G-O-B-I-R-D-S to get your risk-free bet of up to $500. That's P-A-R-X, casino.com slash P-A. The website has all the details. Your risk-free bet is refunded on your loss as a free bet. Final segment for us. It's Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino leading you up to a little Alabama-Tennessee action coming up next on WIP. It's Elliot. It's James. One more segment to go. Let's go back out to the phones. Let's go to Delaware and talk to our good buddy, Michael. How are you, Michael? Hey, I'm good, thanks. Hey, before I ask you my question... You would ask who's the, we're going to be watching the player. And the only player I've ever been interested in watching that left Philadelphia is Nick Foles. So I'm going to watch Nick Foles. Oh, yeah. I think he's prime time, right? Yeah, he is. Monday Night Football. Yep. That'll yep. be a good one. Yeah, you know, he's the one who brought the Super Bowl. The Eagles may not win again for a long, long time. And not because Carson Wentz is bad, but because a million little things and big things have to go right. Yeah. To get there, and he's the one who did it. It's that simple. Well, 2017 really showed that, yeah, it's about having the best roster, and I get that. But There's magic once you're special, you that, yeah. that's really what matters. And it also showed it, and it we should have known it, obviously, because it took us 52 years for it to happen. But it's really Absolutely. freaking hard to win the Super yeah. Bowl. You know, it's, it's really, really hard. hard. Like, Carson could not win a Super Bowl in his career. could still be a, a success here. I, mean, no I would argue because he was a part, like, helped them win that yeah, Super Bowl. True. He's already a success. Well, I mean, that's for another show. It, I mean, it is. It's a whole different, you know, yeah. discussion. But anyway, what, what's on your mind, Michael? Okay, here's my question to you guys. This play really irritated me. And I didn't hear anybody talking about it. I'm a guy who thinks that if you ha- you're going to go for two points, you go to your special play bag and you pull out something uh, that may be a little different that they're not looking for. Eagles were handed a, a gift the other night near the end of the game. You remember the play? They got a penalty. Now they have the ball on the one-yard line mm-hmm. to get the two points. You remember the play? Of course, yeah. For, that was for the two-point conversion, the last one, yep. 
Okay, so they're giving the gift. They got one yard to go. Or the, the second the play call yeah. is to take it in the shotgun. You give up that one yard advantage. Now you're six, seven yards back. It's a, it's a good point. Okay, that, that that's fine if you got some kind of play that trick, but. The plays seem to be just to have Carson run right it back was. up. It was. It was. Which is weird considering they've done that they've done that sneak twice already that hadn't worked. If you're gonna do it, just let Carson try and do it. I mean, it felt I, I understand what he's trying to do. It it hadn't worked from under center, so he's trying to give him a little bit of a chance to go, you know, have a little bit of movement or whatever, a chance to kind of get up some speed. But I'm with you, Michael. I, I hated the call. Oh, thank you. And I, I really thought that really irritated me and it just kinda put a cap on the Doug's play calling for me. I just think it's been pretty poor. So uh, He's definitely had some bad play calls. Yeah, no and again, especially that. in short yardage. Like, he just had a rough night. Well, short the interesting thing about bringing out Jalen Hurts is, so you have Carson run the ball up the middle, then you have Jalen Hurts come in, and they looked like they tried to have him throw it. Like, and Jalen Hurts can throw the ball. I saw him in training camp. He could definitely yeah, throw the ball. The only throw he's really thrown other than the toss bag was a nice pass. Yeah, it was like so, a rocket. Look, I'm still against the whole Jalen Hurts Me package. Too. I just want to see Carson run the well, offense. And my but, bigger play with my bigger problem with that specific thing was that final two point conversion. It's like Carson has yep. literally just walked him down the field twice in five minutes, made his best throw of you said his career, certainly one of the best of his career. He is like white hot at that moment, and then you take him off the yeah, field. It, it makes no sense, sense to yeah. me. I, I really didn't like that call. Um, the Jalen Hurts thing is just like. Either put him in a quarterback or just let Carson do his thing. And it's not I don't I don't think they should bench Carson by any stretch, but the two quarterback system is not going to work. It's it, foolish. It, 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 there's it, a reason that we are yes. however many years into NFL football as we are, and people don't do it. Like yep. there's a reason. All right. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Let's go to West Philly and talk to Jay. Yo, Jay. Yo, what's going on, y'all? What up? Hey, How you man? doing? How you been? You been yes, hey, got a question. Yes, sir. Do you swear to tell the truth? The whole truth and nothing but the truth? Absolutely. Good. You're going to be my vice president against the LTBB or whatever. Wait, and I was going to say, I'm, I was going to say, what do you think of Wentz the last few weeks, Jay? <laughs> hey, I know, look, I know where look, you stand. Look, because we are the WCC and we will debate them one day. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Wentz I'm, I'm, ha- I'm excited to be your vice president. Thanks, ESP. And the left tackle over there. Poor Joe Giglio just got shut out. I mean, I thought he would have been a good He can be in the cabinet. He can be in the cabinet. Yeah, he in the cabinet. Because <laughs> we got to go against the left tackle over here. He blocked everything that come his way. And yep. as soon as you tell the truth about him, you jump up, 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 up. But you want Dougie P to be consistent or imaginative. But how can he do that with a quarterback that's inconsistent and want to do everything willy-nilly? Ex- excellent point by oh, my president. Excellent point by my president. Now, go ahead, James. I mean, Jay, what, that, do you, what do you want the guy to do, for? man? He's out there playing with you and me out there, oh, man. Now, now I'm out there blocking for him. Me. That was but me look, blocking if, for him on Thursday night. My man is out there battling, do, man. If he does what he's supposed to do and let the ball go on time, like you said, both of them out there, he, how many times he missed them the other day? You got an emerging player there. I guess that was Doug's fault that threw the ball 10 feet high to Miles Sanders. Oh, so when we want to talk about moving, like, the field goal or the goal post for Carson, I'm happy he's out there playing hard. But, like, he's supposed to go out there and play hard. So let's not act like he's worth the franchise deal because he's playing hard. Again, again, there is a difference between going out and throwing your body on the line and getting – Bashed he, every play and like all the bad throws he's throwing, oh, just like that Sanders throw. That was brutal, a bad man. throw. Anger, that was, man. was that Sanders throw? What did Carson do to you, Jay? What did Carson do to you? It's it's so funny how anytime a, someone calls and expects the Eagles to win with Carson at quarterback, quarterback yes. that got 
less playoff wins than Rodney Pete with my team. Yeah, you know what, though? He also helped this team win a Super Bowl, man. Like, they don't win a Super Bowl without Carson Wentz. They don't win a Super Bowl without – it doesn't matter. They needed that one seed. You could have lost in the first round, right? You could have lost in the first round. Come on, Jay. Look, eventually we're going to have to start expecting Carson to win games around here. It's five years and he hasn't even got through a playoff quarter yet. But y'all telling me you're an elite franchise quarterback. Jay, it's always a pleasure, man. (laughs) I'll talk to you later. Good call. Uh, look, I'm I, excited to be vice president. Yeah, you, just, you, just, you both got going. He's a very good president. Sudden, dude, I'm happy the, to support the him. The twinkle in Elliot's eye. He's like, yeah, I've been too nice well, to Carson. Well, it's true. I mean, Let's when go. people call in and, you know, his point is basically like, like, when's this guy going to be expected to win? I mean, what's the last franchise quarterback here where it was where the Eagles could lose and he can still Again, get? Again, put some people around this guy. Like, give him an offensive line that has played together more than a game. Give him wide receivers who've been with him more than a few games. Like, build a team around this guy, man. Like, yeah, that's, why that's I'm part so, of it. You know, I mean, that does matter, yes. especially with young receivers who don't – He's like, those graphics, like, I know they're kind of silly and all, but, like, the graphics of, like, Carson has thrown the ball to more receivers than any quarterback mm-hmm. in the league. Like, that stuff matters. Like, that is not meaningless. It, it does, but Carson also has to play better. And that matters more. It does matter more. What you're saying is ma- what you're saying matters, but Carson playing better matters more. George, save me. George in North Wilmington, how are you, buddy? Good. I'm not going to sing today. Uh, okay. Well, you were a good singer. I thought it was impressive yesterday. I thought you were going to yeah. say I'm not going to save you, and I was like, wow, that's cool. No, 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 no. I'm in, no, I'm, I'm in your corner. Don't Thank worry. You, George. You know. Thank you. Um, Elliot, how you doing? What up, man? How you doing? Okay. I didn't know how that came through on the phone yesterday. I think it's kind of hard to sing. On the I phone. thought you sounded. Wonderful, George. Well, I'll tell you what, though. The show, The Masked Singer, they called me and said, uh, you know, stay with your day job. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, a couple of questions. You were talking about play calling, and I noticed in, in Thursday's game and the previous game against the Ravens, when the, when the Eagles got, like, inside the 2015, they ran a straight-up-the-middle handoff to Boston Scott that went for like six, seven yards each time. Why can't they use that as a two-point play? It's a good question. I mean, if it, look, if, if it's working, I, you know, I think a play calling a lot of times, if it works, nobody questions it. Like, it, it does come down to execution. But, yeah, I've not been impressed with their short yardage play, their play calls at all. I've not been. And that two-point pass to uh, uh, Whiteside, they used that once, and I never saw the music again. He was wide open. Yeah, I, I would like to see Carson throw the ball more in these two-point conversions. Me too. He's, he's one of the best red zone quarterbacks in the NFL statistically. So I don't get this, you know, get down to the to the two-point conversion, all of a sudden you have him running it, you're putting Hurts in there. Like, just let Carson drop back, especially when I think he's best running when it's, you know, improvising, not not designed. Sure, yeah. And uh, I guess, what, tomorrow is a red zone day? Yeah. It's going to be hard, 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 hard not to – Listen to Merle Oh, I thought but, for a uh, second I was like thinking like he was talking about pra- Eagles practice, like they're working on red zone stuff or something. I, spoken I like got somebody you now. Who works listen, every I got you now. Since, since the Deshaun Jackson got hurt, if you happen to see next week somebody who's a little bit bigger than Deshaun Jackson wearing a 10-A jersey, that's me. I'll be out on the field. All right. George, a pleasure, my friend. Have he a can great do the weekend. national anthem, then he can uh yeah, it was saying yesterday. It was the so today is the the four year anniversary of the WIP Midday Show. Four years ago today, we started uh, the show. Congratulations! Yeah, George called in yesterday and sang a little happy anniversary to us. Which is very nice. cool, very cool. So uh, uh, at Eddie, we're up. Yeah, what do you think tomorrow? You think Dallas, Washington? What do you think happens? I think Dallas wins. I just don't think Washington is very good. I know I know they beat the Eagles, but Dallas. 
like you, you got to beat Washington, right? I mean, they well, can't. Can you imagine if they don't? It's a whole different yeah. thing. I'm excited to see Andy Dalton plays, like I said. But uh, Nick Foles on Monday night, excited to watch that. I mean, it is always nicer to have the weekend off oh, on a Sunday to when be you're able to just kind of yes. relax and not worry about the stress and the And have people excited coming off the win, too. Well, had they lost. Off a win. Yes. Yep. Had yep. they lost. But yeah, so the Dallas game tomorrow. Red zone is amazing, but the Dallas game feels like what you sit in front of the TV and uh, and watch. Same. Yes, I will be watching the Dallas game as well. Coming up next, a little Alabama-Tennessee. Uh, and Elliot and I will be back next week, Saturday, 1 to 3, same time, same place. Check out the pod all week. We have pods coming out uh, at GoBirdsPod on Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, anywhere you find your podcast. We put out three or more a week, so check those out as well. Thank you to Moshe Kravitz. Thank you to Kevin Keenan. Prior to that, this has been, again, and for Elliot Parks, I'm James Seltzer. This has been another edition of Go Birds Radio presented by Parks Sportsbook and Casino. Coming up next, Alabama and Tennessee.